Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Next week, we're going to begin our series back in Revelation. We are at the place in Revelation where we are at the mark of the beast. And I've been, been uh, wondering, I'm talking to the Lord, I told someone this past week, I've got three messages that I'm going to preach uh, I have planned to preach. I had a message on the new year, I had a message on Christmas, and I had our next message on Revelation. And um, my wife said, don't you dare try to preach those all in one Sunday. Um, so if you see her get up, that means church is over, I'm going to be done. Um, but I'm only going to preach one of them. Uh, but next week we'll be back in Revelation. I've been wanting to preach this message. It's, we're at the place in Revelation where we're talking about the mark of the beast. And I just didn't think that was a good Christmas message. Um, I think last year, last year, um, we, I started the Christmas season and I preached a message on fornication. If I don't know if you remember that or not. And um, I had people thinking that was a strange way to start the Christmas season. Um, and so I didn't want to do it two years in a row, fornication one year, Mark of the Beast the next year. I'd probably be preaching to myself the following year if I did that. Um, but we'll be in, back in our series in Revelation. I, in, I appreciate all of the um, uh, remarks about the Revelation. I know we're going from a different point, a different perspective. We're trying to look for Christ in every chapter and understanding who he is. It's revealing of Jesus Christ. Um, I, 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 I'm excited. I look at the world around us, and I believe the Lord Jesus Christ can come back at any moment. Don't you believe that? And I pray that he does. I pray that he does. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, see, see heaven. I can't wait to see our Savior. I, uh, I can't wait to see my dad again. I can't wait to see loved ones that are there. It's going to be a wonderful day. But until then, church, and it's, a, it's up to the Lord uh, when that is, but until then, we've got a work to do. In today's message, I want to look at this, this, this thought of this new year and challenge us as a church in this new year. 2023, I'm sure all of you over these last few days, last couple weeks, you've been thinking about uh, things that have happened in 2023. Kind of a recap in your mind within your family, within our church, within your work, changes that are being made. We've, uh, we've seen a lot of victories. And uh, honestly, we've seen some defeats. We've, um, we've seen babies that are born and added to the church. And unfortunately, we've had a lot of uh, funerals and, and sadness as well in our church. We've, uh, we've seen great health with many great reports and in others, we've seen not so good health reports. And 2023 has been, been a difficult year for some, and it's been a wonderful year for others. But the reality is this, in just a few hours, 2023 is gonna be over. And a new year is gonna be yet. And I know that there's nothing necessarily special about midnight tonight. Most of us won't even see midnight tonight. We'll, we're going to be in bed, and we're going to get up tomorrow, and it's going to be a new year. 
And it's not going to necessarily feel like a new year. Nothing's going to be different. The problems that we had last year, they're still going to be there tomorrow. The successes we had last year, they're still going to be there tomorrow. We understand that. But it's a great time for us just to kind of focus. It's a great pause in our lives. It's a great pause in our thinking. It's a great opportunity for us just to kind of evaluate our lives evaluate what we're a part of, evaluate our marriages, evaluate our work, evaluate our walk with the Lord, and make necessary changes. And I want to encourage you to do that. Sometimes we start things like diets in the beginning of the year, and we get to January 2nd, and we stop. And it's kind of hard to pick it back up because we feel like we failed. And in January 1st of the next year is, is a great time to say, you know what, I didn't do that last year, but I'm going to start this year. Same way maybe with your Bible reading. Maybe you picked up a Bible reading plan last year and you, you got into March or April and then it just kind of stopped. And then you felt like, ah, I didn't do what I wanted to do. Well, tomorrow is a great day to start over. And so Although there's nothing necessarily significant about tomorrow, it is a fresh start. It's a fresh start in our calendar that allows us to reevaluate some things. And so I want us to look at a passage of Scripture. I want us to look at a story in the book of James, if you would, please. James chapter number four. James chapter four is a story of a, a businessman and um, making decisions. And I think there's some lessons that all of us can take out of this, these decisions that this, this person is making in their life and apply them to our lives today. I, um, I, I, I believe this, I know in my own life, and I'm sure in your life as well, there's, there's things in your life that need to change. There's, there's thinking in your mind that needs to change. Maybe there's some issues within your heart that need to be dealt with. Maybe there's some issues within your marriage today that you, you know they need to be touched, that you know they need to be addressed. And wherever that is, whatever you're thinking, and I'm praying that God would allow this message to touch an area of your life and cause you to walk closer to him. In verse number 13, the Bible tells us this, this story, go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? There's a question. That's, that's a question that I'd love for you to mark in your Bible. I'd love for you to write some place on a piece of paper, maybe write it in a place and stick it to your mirror in your bathroom that you see every day. What is your life? How do you, how do you, how do you describe it? There is a, a book that was written, A Purpose Driven Life, years ago, a Purpose Driven Church, and people would read that and trying to figure out what their purpose to their life is, the meaning to your life. And James is writing this as well. What is your life? What is your life? I, I thought of this I, over the last couple of days, just contemplating some things. And I, I love U.S. history. And I was watching a couple 
videos or movies of, of, of uh, some presidential things. And I thought this, out of 8 billion people living on this planet, what is your life? You, you know, your life is significant to God. It is. God has a plan for your life. And you may not, your name may not be written in a history book where a hundred years from now, some student is studying about your life, but that doesn't mean that your life is not significant. So, some of the most significant lives, some of the most significant plans that God has had for individuals have never been written down in a history book, but they've made a major impact in their world, in their generation. I think of missionaries. There's missionaries that have done incredible things for the Lord. They've seen people saved. They've reached people in the darkest areas of this world, and no one will ever read of their story. But people are spending eternity in heaven because they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ from a surrendered family that was willing to serve the Lord. The significance of your life is not going to be based upon what you achieve here. It's not going to be about your wealth that you accumulate here. It's not going to be if your name is written on a building, an airport, or a highway. The significance of your life and my life is going to be this. What did we do for the cause of Christ? Who have we told the gospel of Jesus Christ to? How many will rejoice in heaven because you were bold enough and obedient enough to live your life for the cause of Christ. So I ask you this question as the question is asked from James, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye, ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Here's, here's James again. He's saying, you're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at significance in the wrong areas. You're, you're, you're boasting about something that you have achieved and that you have accomplished. And look what he says. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I want us to look at this passage of Scripture today as we look at this new year coming into focus here. This tomorrow begins. And I want us to look at this, this individual, this, this individual here that James is speaking of. We could put ourselves here. And I, I want you to think about yourself being this individual that James is speaking of, this, this one that says, I am going to make this decision. I'm going to make some plans for my life. And in this planning and making some decisions of my life, I'm going to set out to go to a city. I'm going to set out to go to a, a, a period of time. I'm going to set out to, to name what my success is going to look like. And if I can accomplish this, I'm going to boast of my success. As we look at this new year, I want us to remember this, that self-centered planning is not something that a Christian ought to be looking at in this new year. I'm going to explain that in just a moment. One of the things that we need to be careful of is this. When our planning, when our life is all about self-centeredness, it's all about us. 
The Christian life is not about you. The Christian life is about others. Jesus Christ was a perfect example of that. The Bible tells us this, that Jesus Christ left heaven. God left heaven, came to earth, became a man. He, he sacrificed, he gave of himself so that you and I could have everlasting life. The, the, the Christian, the core of Christianity is giving, is sacrificing, is serving others so that others can have what God desires for them to have. A self-centered life is a life of an individual that leaves God out of the equation. Here we find in verse number 13, we find a story of this man, this, this one planning. In his planning, I want you to see this. Again, the Bible says, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow will we go into such a city. Continue there a year, buy, sell, and get gain. I want you to look what this man is saying. He's saying this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plan my life. He's got a plan even for a period of time. He says, for the next year, I'm going to go into this city. I've got a specific time frame that I'm going to spend because I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to go to this specific city, and I'm going to do this specific thing. And what was this man's goal? This man was going to do this. I'm going to go to this city for this period of time. I'm going to buy I'm going to sell for one purpose, to get gain. Now, in, it, in itself, it doesn't seem like such a bad idea. Because in reality, all of us have a job to do. All of us have to make a living. And, and so in, in itself, on the surface, it looks like this man, what's wrong with what this man is doing? He's planning. There's nothing wrong with planning. I would say this, we ought to be planning. There's nothing wrong with, with, with uh, desiring to, to be successful in your life. The Bible speaks of those things. There's nothing wrong. It seems like this man has a great picture of success. And if we just had verse number 13, we would know that this, we would think to ourselves, this is a great plan for success. But when we look at verse number 16 and 17, we know though that this can't be a good plan for success. So I want to evaluate in verse 13, what is wrong with this plan then? What is wrong with this plan? What, what is wrong with this man's desire to plan for a period of time, to go to a specific city, to plan for success? And I wanna, I wanna point something out to you, church, that many of us are very guilty of ourselves. There's many today that are planning. We're going to plan on what, what our future is going to look like. Many are planning. Many young people are planning what colleges they're going to go to and what their careers are going to be like. Many, many, many people are looking at their future and they're saying, where am I going to live and, and what am I going to do and what, what do I want my life to be like? And it sounds like that's a great idea, but I want you to see something. He forgot God. No place in this, this area of scripture does it say this, I'm going to figure out what God wants with my life. So often, if we're not careful, we go through life and we make decisions and we make plans. And because those plans aren't wicked in our mind, 
Well, I'm not going to go out and, and be a drug dealer. I'm not going to go out and, and be a drunk. I'm not going to go out and rob a bank. I'm not going to go out and do these evil, wicked things. I'm simply going to pick a, a place to go and, and a time period to do it. And I'm going to choose what success looks like. And, and those are three wonderful things. But they're not wonderful things if you leave God out of the equation. So often, if we're not careful, we look at what bad and evil looks like, what we think it looks like, and we say, I'm not doing that. But oh, my friend, if we're not following God's plan for our life, then we are doing evil with our lives. This upcoming year, as you plan what God has for your life, make sure it's what God has planned, not what you have planned. Many say there's a God but they never include him. We, we get so angry at the atheists that say there is no God. I, I learned this last week. They have, they have all these groups. They have even, they have Atheist Anonymous. I didn't know this. Somebody shared this with me. It's a group of atheists that come together and they talk about what they don't believe. And if we, if we say, well, why would they do such a thing? But my question is this. My question isn't, why do the people that don't believe in God get together and talk about what they don't believe about God? My question is this. Those that say they believe about God, why don't they include God in what they're doing? If you say you believe in God, why is he such a foreign part of our lives? If we say we believe in God and God's will for our life, then why, is, why don't we go to him when we make decisions. Some of the failures and some of the disasters that we have been through this past year, some of them is because we did what we wanted to do and did not counsel with God. This year, as we look at this new year, let's be sure that our planning isn't self-centered. Let's make sure that our planning isn't God bless what I'm doing. It's God, let me be a part of what you're blessing. Let, let me say this again. Our prayer should not be God bless what I'm doing. Our prayer ought to be God, let me do what you're blessing. And there's a big difference. I'm guilty of the same thing. I'll sit down and I'll make decisions. And after I make those decisions, I say, now God, I need you to bless this. God, I need you to supply for this. I've sat down, I've sat down like many of you, I've sat down in my life and had uh, food that I should not have eaten. But you know what I did before I ate it? I asked God to bless it. God, bless this food to our body. Bless this juicy cheeseburger as it clogs my arteries. God, bless these Oreo cookies as it destroys my kidneys. God, bless this bowl of ice cream as it sends me to the grave. Isn't it ironic how we pray? Isn't it ironic how we ask God to bless our thoughts, what our plans are? It's self-planning. Oh, what we need to do is we need to put God in the middle of it and say, God, let me be a part of what you're blessing. This year in 2024, I want to find out what God is doing and I want to be in the middle of it. 
I want to feed, I want to find out where God is blessing. And I want to say, God, place me right underneath of that spout of your blessing. I don't want to be over here saying, God, where are you? Would you please bless it? If God's blessing here, I want to be underneath of it. If he's blessing over here, I want to say, God, put me where you want me to be and make me content where you want me to be. Oh, look with me, if you would, please, real quick. I'll, I'll go here. You mark these in your scripture, in your Bible. Uh, so, uh, Psalm 32, verse number 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. The Bible says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the ways which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. That's God saying this to the psalmist. I will instruct thee. I will teach thee in the way that thou should go. Our prayer this year ought to be, God, I want to listen as you teach me. I want to listen. I want to listen as you instruct me. Here he says this, I will guide thee with mine eye. It's just that look. But see, you've got to be close enough to God to know when God is looking. How many of you husbands have ever been guided by your wife's eye? Oh, you have. When she gives you that look, and you say, I'm going to stop talking. Or she gives you that look and you say, I better shut this preaching down. <laughs> Guide you by the eye. God says, I want to instruct you. I want to teach you. Isaiah, Isaiah 30, Isaiah 30, verse number 21, the Bible says this, and thine ear shall hear a word behind thee saying this, this is the way, walk you in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, here, here the, uh, the prophet is saying God has a plan for your life and, and you need to be instructed by God's plan and walk in his plan. Hear me today, God is not going to let you go through 2024 alone. His goal is not for you to just waste a year of your life. There's no down years with God. God has a plan for your life. God wants to teach you. God wants to instruct you. And your responsibility is to walk in his way, not ask him to bless your way. John 16, 13, the Bible says this. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth. There are some today, you're, you're seeking the truth from God. The Spirit's job is to reveal truth to you. Oh, listen to me. God isn't hiding his desires for you. God, God, isn't, this, God isn't this one where he's in heaven. He has these blessings and he says to you, now, if you can figure all this out, then I'll pour this upon you. I hope you get it right. No, God has given you the spirit within you. Once you trust Christ as your savior, the spirit of God now lives within you and you have the spirit of God in your life, communing with you, directing you, guiding you, giving you the spirit of truth. We need to listen to the spirit of God. I want to challenge our church this year. Listen to the Spirit of God. Hear His voice. We have tried so hard 
to figure out what we want to do. We've come to our own conclusions and we've come to our own truth. And just because you've come to your own truth doesn't make it truth. God decides what truth is. You know how wonderful it is to be led by God. I feel bad for the Christian that has the Spirit of God living inside of him that lives a purposeless life, a meaningless life. Because God desires to speak to you, Christian. How wonderful it is to be able to go through life knowing that you're following God. How wonderful it is to go through life knowing that you married the one that God had for you. I believe this with all of my heart. I believe when God made Michelle Moke, he made her for me. Just like, just like when God kneeled down and put Adam to sleep and opened up his rib and took a rib out of him and made a, a woman, you know, there was no one else for Eve to choose. It was Adam. And Adam didn't want to choose anyone. He saw Eve and said, whoa, man. He didn't want to choose anybody else but Eve. I believe when God made my wife, he formed her in the womb of his mother. I believe her mother, not his mother, her mother. I believe that he formed her for me. And all through life, God has directed my steps and I've followed the Lord and sometimes I've failed. And then you get back right with the Lord and he directs your steps and he gives you his plan for your life how precious it is. Oh, how I want that for you. And more than how I want that for you, God desires that for your life. God has a plan for every part of your life. Do you believe that, church? This year, in order to hear from God, there are several things I think that we must do. And one is this, confess your sins. Now, listen to me. There's a difference between a preacher and a pastor. A preacher is anybody that can get up and preach the word of God. A pastor is, is a shepherd. Too many Christians are living in sin. Too many are living in sin. Too many people are playing around with God. There's too many dishonest Christians. And I'm not speaking to people I don't pastor. I'm speaking to us. There's sin that some of you have and you need to get right with God. sin. We have gotten too comfortable. We don't even call it sin anymore. It's mistakes. It's, it's, it's missteps. Some, some, we don't even look at it, mistakes and missteps anymore. We've convinced ourselves we deserve it and we're going to do it. And it's sin. And it is keeping you from the blessings of God.
There are marriages today, you're blaming your spouse for the problems in your marriage. You're blaming what they do and how they act. But the reality is this, you've come to the place that you are not confessing your sin. You wonder why your marriage isn't blessed and you wanna look at your spouse and say, if my spouse would change. No, if you confess your sins, the Bible says in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear from me. And there's many a Christians today, many children of God today, that their God isn't hearing from them because they're regarding iniquity in their hearts. There's marriages that God wants to bless, but he won't bless it because there's sin. There's churches that God wants to bless, but he can't bless it because there's sin. Oh, my friend, let's determine that we are going to confess and get right with God. We are stumbling around in darkness because we're carrying sin when God wants us to walk in the light. If you want to hear from God, there's got to be a confession of sin. If you want to hear from God, you've got to be consecrated to God. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, I in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. And then we need to meditate upon his word. And when I say meditate upon his word, we need to read his word to listen to him. Too many times in Bible studies, we read it and say, what does this mean to you? The question is not, what does this mean to you? The question when we read the Bible is, what does God want to say to me? Because we can make it mean whatever we want it to mean. Some, 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 some of the worst religions in this world have used the Bible as their preface. So, some of the worst theology and some of the worst doctrine that, that man believes they, they use the Bible, but they use the Bible out of context. I, I like it when somebody, they, they want to they wanna do what they want to do, and they want to go find Scripture to support what they want to do. Well, listen to me. If you, I, I, I can give you Scripture to support whatever you want it to support. All I have to do is take it out of context. And many have, and many do. It isn't what does the Bible mean to you. It's what does God want the Bible to say to me? It's God's letter to me. Oh, my friend, we need to meditate upon it. We need to listen to God. God is guiding you. The Spirit is speaking to you. We need to get back into the Word of God. I'm reminded of the past. And even today, there's places in this world today where the Bible is such a dear, dear, dear book. The freedoms that we have, each and every one of us, we have this book. We can carry this book. We can carry this book into any restaurant. We can carry this book into any store. We can carry this book out in the open. We can have it in our cars. We can read it at work. This book is not, not a book that if we get caught with it, we could find ourselves in jail. No, this book, there's freedoms in this country, and I believe the freedoms that we have has caused us not to see the value of this book. There's people that take a page of this book and feel blessed just because they have a page to read out of God's word. There's people that have given their life for this book. Meditate on this book. Consecrate yourself unto God. Confess your sin so that we can live a life 
not where it's about us, but it's about God. Secondly, this man not only lived a self-confident life, he or self-planning self, uh, life, he lived this self-confident life. Life is not, life is there for a little while and then it vanishes the way the Bible says. The, the Bible here is telling this man, don't boast carelessly about your future. This may be the last message you ever hear. This may be the last message I ever preach. This may be the last year we are alive. I have thought, I, I, there's been times I've been consumed with Bob Williams as he drove out of the parking lot next door, the driveway next door, and pulled out on this road and hit a vehicle head on and passed away. I have thought to myself so often about that event and he thought he would be in church the next day. I, I thought about Cindy Heineke who when she fell down those steps and died there. They, they were planning what their next trip was going to be, what the next vacation was going to be, what, what the holidays were going to be. They weren't planning a funeral. My mind, I, I can't get out of my mind. The little son boy getting ready to come to church on that Mother's Day morning. They didn't think they'd be planning a funeral for a four-year-old. When I got that message that my dad died at age 55, we weren't planning a funeral. When I was sitting in the doctor's office a few months ago, and when my nephrologist said to me, he says, you've got to have a kidney transplant. I, I had my suit jacket on. I, I took it off. I started to sweat. I, I was sitting there. I thought they turned the heat up 20 degrees in that little office. I said, what'd you say? He said, you weren't prepared for this. I said, how can you be? I'm Superman. I'm, I'm going to see my kids grow up. I'm going to see my grandchildren. We're going we're gonna to reach the world for Christ. I'm going to eat what I want, do what I want, be what I want. And God says, I've got other plans. Sometimes we boast in the wrong things. Here, this man is living his life, self-confident expectations. I'm going to build. I'm going to grow. I'm going to gain. Then I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy all the things of my youth. He says, what is life? You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Don't get wasteful with your time. Paul said to the church at Ephesus, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
I was reminded this past week of a verse in Esther. Esther, she is afraid. She is, she is, she is summons to, to, to do something that could put her life in jeopardy. And, and she, her advice, the advice that was given to her is, go ahead and do this. And, and this is what the advice was. God is going to do his work, whether you do it or not. And if you choose not to do it, you're going to die, and so will your father. But God's will is still going to be done. But he said this, but God has placed you in a place of royalty for such a time as this. Your life matters when you're obedient to God. Not when you've decided what you want life to look like, when you've decided what success looks like, when you decided when, when enough is enough. No, it's about God and his plan for your life. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. In Luke chapter 12, we're re we read of another businessman, a farmer. The Bible says this, his crops were so great, he said, I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger barns. And then once I build these bigger barns and I fill these bigger barns up, I'm going to just take it easy for a while. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to, I'm going to play. Life is going to be good. It's going to just be about me. And the Bible says, God said, thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. You build those bigger barns and you fill them up and your life's over. What are you planning for? What is your life? And lastly, he says this, there's four to him to do it, know what to do good and do it not. To him it is sin. Lastly, this new year, don't be complacent and procrastinate. This man here has boasted in what he has done and he's become complacent. Sometimes the best churches boast of what they used to do and they become complacent. Used to be Baptist church. We used to do this. I used to teach. I used to serve. I used to sing. I used to, I used to, I used to, I used to. And now you're complacent. He is aware of God, but he doesn't want to do God's will. Some this, this today in 2023, you are complacent. You are aware of God, but you have not done God's will. This upcoming year, I want to remind you that God has a plan for your life. Don't be complacent. Don't procrastinate. Do what God has called you to do because procrastination is very deceptive. And I believe it's a sin. Because he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And some of us say this, we'll do good tomorrow. We'll do good later. The man just simply doesn't do what he knows to do, and the Bible calls it sin. So church, what needs to change in your life? What do you need to grow closer to God in this upcoming year? How's your relationships? How's your marriage? How's your parenting? How's your schooling? How's your friendships? You know, in 2 Samuel 11, David, David was laying around on his bed while his men were out to war. I don't think that David was trying to be lustful. 
I don't think that David was lying in the bed thinking, I'm going to go out on my roof and see who's out there bathing. No, David neglected his responsibility. He neglected his duty. And because he was neglecting his duty, he found himself in a place he never should have found himself in. He found himself with someone he never should have found himself with because he was neglecting his duty. This year, don't procrastinate. What needs to change in your home? What are you waiting for? Is it communication? Is it honesty? Is it respect? Neglect is going to ruin your life. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Why do we neglect? Why do, why do churches fail? And why do marriages fail? And why do relationships fail? I'll tell you why. Because of neglect. We stop going. We stop serving. We stop growing. We stop caring. We stop loving. So beware of this upcoming year of self-centered planning. Beware of self-confident expectations and beware of complacency and procrastination. And let's get right with God. Oh, what God could do with his body, this church, if we were totally surrendered to him. I want to know what that's like. And I want to experience it with you. And I want God to let us know what he's blessing. And church, I want us to walk, run, crawl underneath of his blessings. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.